I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Excited to be here today. This is the first official episode of You're Killing It where we have a special guest. So this is yes. very exciting for uh, myself and Tama. Um, so welcome to the podcast. As I said, it's uh, it's called You're Killing It. It's with myself, Michelle Grace Hunter and Tama. Tama's all the way in New Zealand today, Tama. Tell us about where you're actually recording from, uh, what, about your studio, your drummer's studio. Yes, I so hi everyone. I'm so excited for our first episode. Um, I am actually in um, Papamoa, which is um, the Bay of Plenty. And I left the avocado farm because the Wi-Fi there is terrible. Um, but I'm actually at my very good friend and he is literally a killer on the drums. Stan Bicknell is his name. And you can see in the background of my video all the fancy shit that he's got, got there all the drums and stuff uh but yeah so he he's um played with uh kimbra and miami horror and he's done a bit of a gig with uh shapeshifter and so he's he's a bit of a king on the drums so i'm pretty excited uh to be you know sitting here recording on his drum throne i'm sitting on it right now bouncing up and down. I also have to mention that we are actually currently live on air at Melbourne Central today. So we have a little bit of an audience, which is really cool considering it is our first official podcast. We have done another one, which um, was our introduction podcast. And I guarantee it didn't sound this good. So I feel very privileged today. (laughs) We've got an amazing studio. I wish we could record out of this all the time. I mean, how amazing would that be? Yes. Like I think we him. should definitely put that forward. Yes, Sarah's bit- watching. So maybe we can suggest that we just record. Like this is a permanent fixture. This is our home. Yes. <laughs> Everyone can and just- do like fashion shows out of there. And fashion stuff. shows. Yeah, all of our guests can uh, dress up really cool. But anyway, speaking of guests, we've got the most amazing guest today, a dear friend of mine, Sophia Chowdhury. I'm so glad that she's Yay. here today because, A, she's a great friend of mine. But I just couldn't think of a better guest today, to be honest. Like we're in Melbourne yeah. Central. It's the fashion... The the fashion capital of Melbourne, essentially. And she is essentially like the fashion capital of Instagram in Melbourne, I think. I'm just going to call her that. She's laughing at me right now. But um, <laughs> so she is a digital marketer, a model, and an advocate. And the very def- definition of what our podcast is called, which is You're Killing It. But we've got a yeah. bit of a spin on this because let, I want to see how you feel about this. Does, do people say that to you all the time? People killing it. Yeah, do they say you're killing it? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because we we have a, a I guess a little bit of a love hate relationship with that particular <laughs> phrase because we get it all the time, both Tamara and I. But sometimes we don't, I don't know. We don't really feel like we're killing it. How do you feel? I feel like the same in a way because I think 
I don't know. I feel sometimes you get like imposter syndrome as well. Mm. So it's like killing it. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. Yeah. In those. And what does it even mean? Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. That, yeah. That's what Tamara and I were saying. Like, what does it actually mean? Because I think it's like, yet when we post something really amazing, it can seem great. But in, like you said, imposter syndrome, talk a little bit about how that feels when you're just like, is, is it a comparison thing or is it just maybe not feeling you're as successful as where you think you could be at, the, at this moment? I think maybe like sometimes when you're doing certain things and in space, especially that aren't created for you, where the you know, if it's like an all male dominant area or all white spaces, you kind of like, oh, like, am I even allowed to be here? Yeah, am I meant to be here? Yeah. And it's like, Mm. am I getting this thing as like a tick off, like a checklist? Mm. Or am I actually here because of my skills and my credentials? Yeah, Tamara and I have spoken about that, haven't we, Tamara, about in terms of like, if you're, um, you know, it's it's Women's Week and it's like, did we get a call up to do something because we're women or just because we're really good in that space? Because we're killing it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, in, in the business world as well, which I know both of you would have, would feel, but, um, you know, for someone like myself who I work um, in, in the digital world in technology and technology and coaching a lot of teams and predominantly in technology, the, the teams are made up of, of men predominantly. And when you get to that executive level as well, they are, you know, kind of middle-aged white guys a lot of the time. So it's an interesting kind of environment to navigate through. Um, and yeah, sometimes you do wonder like, oh, am I, am I being brought into the scenario to balance out like diversity and numbers or, or are they actually really taking me seriously? Cause I'm great at what I do. Um, so when people are like, oh man, like even people have said today, oh, you're killing it. And it's like, cool. You know, do we, what, what's the definition of that? What is the definition of success? And like, Sophia, what's your definition of success? I think just getting to be yourself and getting paid for it. I think that it seems yeah. very unattainable because I think the world's set up in a way where you're kind of like told like how to dress and how to act and how to da, 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 da. like you're not told to like be yourself. So like for me, success is just getting to be you in a world that tells you not to be. That's yep. awesome. Well, let's take a step backwards from there because where you're at a point now where you are able to kind of be yourself and you're getting paid to do it, which is really cool. But do you want to give us a little bit of a background of where you've come from and how you've kind of, what's your progression into this space? So I am a digital marketer and I studied marketing at uni and then I started a fashion blog on the side like 10 years ago. That's crazy. the blog Everyday Like This. Yeah, Everyday Like is This still your still here. brand. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I kind of started it because I didn't really see anyone that looked like me or dressed like me, you know, reflected back in Australian media. And obviously, like, a lot has changed since then, which is amazing. But I don't know. I think... How have you liked seeing that progression though? Because I think especially in the last few years, there's obviously been a really big push, but when you started 10 years ago, did it feel like you were kind of kind of pushing shit uphill or did you feel like you were seeing, you know, little progressions along the way? I think because um, like I have worked like in agencies and for big companies and when we did, you know, influencing marketing for them, I would see the types of influencers that would get booked for things or that would go to events, would got, got given things that I'm like, I'm nothing like that. 
But mm. I knew overseas there was different kinds of people being booked for things. And I'm like, mm, do I have to go overseas to get noticed? Because I know a lot of um, POC artists from all different creatives, they go overseas and they blow up because they're just not getting booked here or noticed here. Um, mm. yeah. 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 And so I guess in the recent world where, um, you know, there's been so much advocacy and activism and all that sort of thing in terms of diversity and inclusion, and when, like we were just talking about before, does it feel like often it's a ticking the box or does it actually feel like things are progressing? Is it a little bit of both? I feel like it's a little bit of both. And I think, you know, for like companies and brands, they're so used to doing something one way as well. Like they're not used to someone calling them out on how to run their business. Mm. So the fact that we do have voices and it's gone to the point where we don't really need, you know, anyone to kind of put us on because we have the internet. So we are our own brands, we're our own agencies, managers. So we kind of... Yeah, you have your own platform. Yeah, we have the power to dictate what we want to see the world to look like. And yeah, I think Mm. that's kind of pushed them to kind of catch up if they're not already. How do you find, um, you know, when you are moving into the, obviously the influencing space and you are coming up against, um, I guess, you know, I get potentially old school thinking. I don't even know how you would articulate it, but how do you, how do you work that in, in a space of, you know, trying to, it's, it's trying to change the way people look at things and behaviors. Like how do you tackle that in, in what you do? I think, um, well, I think like right now, like everyone's an influencer, right. And I think it's a good mm. and bad thing. Um, Cause it's so saturated. So I think finding like what your niche is. And I did that pretty early on because I was like, okay, well, I don't, want to even dress like all these top bloggers I just want to dress like myself and I've never I didn't start my brand for clout or to be like insta famous I was just I just want to like record my cool street outfits and like go up shopping and like mix high end and low end and because that's just like my Mm -hmm. style and um I think getting just sticking by that it's kind of like come back to me because you know I get to work with like Nike and Foot Locker, like even walking through Melbourne Central, there's so many stores that I never thought I'd get to work with and I've been able to do like amazing collabs with. So, yeah. How cool is that? That's amazing. Um, Let's talk a little bit about when you were kind of doing agency work or you had a full-time job Mm -hmm. and there was a point where you decided to go freelance. How, because this is kind of what this podcast is about. We're talking about creatives and freelancers and that particular world. How scary was that decision or how big of a decision was that for you and do you remember that moment where you're just like oh my god I remember you telling me about it (laughs) yeah I mean I've had like two moments like that because I've been in and out of full-time and freelance and I think just the way I am I think corporate just like doesn't cut it for me because I don't want to dress like that like it's so boring like you can't (laughs) like first of all it's just like all neutrals and you're so restricted and you're kind of you know taught like you have to act like this. And if you act anything outside of that, you're not capable of doing your job, which I just think is dumb because. So weird. It's so weird. People are like that though. Like even in, in consulting, you know, we turn up in hoodies and, and we'll turn up, yeah. you know, I'll turn up wearing Adidas stuff like, like I do. And people will just, they either love it or they hate it and they either take you seriously or they don't. It's like that tattoo stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, come on, people, we're, we're moving away we're from this way of thinking, yeah. like get with the play. Like if I'm good at my job, I'm good at my job, but there is still such people need to box you in, in yeah. into this corporate setting. And they're like, Oh, hang on. You don't fit. So therefore what do we do with you? And how do we, 
how seriously do we take you because yeah. you're showing up with a nose ring and a hoodie on like but yeah it's it's so true it's what it's actually your skill set and what you can bring to the party and bringing the bringing the vibe is what Definitely. needs to happen and people just yeah corporate world yeah it is it's a it's a challenge for people and it just and, burns you out and they just yeah I've just in my experience like they don't care they'll just replace yeah. you so they don't really care and I feel like with freelancing I get to it's like when I'm in interviews for freelancing like I'm picking my clients like they're interviewing yeah. me but I'm also interviewing them so if you have a problem with how I dress or how my Instagram page looks because it's off-brand for you then I don't want to have to like cosplay a corporate voice to make you happy because I do the best work when I can be myself. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. like that's actually so important. It's also knowing what jobs to say no to, Definitely. which is a really mm. big part about being a freelancer because I think at the start you just want so, to say yes to it because you, you're so worried about income. You don't have a paycheck that's yes. coming in every two weeks or every month. So yeah. you're saying yes to everything. But that real turning point is when something comes in and it just feel you know that that's not right for you. And it takes time. Like I think the last time I did full-time, I got poached by an agency because one of the big clients was fashion and marketing and I had both those qualities and they were like, you know, you'd be perfect for this job and the client was amazing. And I told all my freelance clients, I was like, hey, obviously I'm really happy with all my bosses, but this opportunity came up. I can still do the freelance work. I just can't come into meetings. Like, is that okay? And they're like, that's fine. And it was like, soon as I started, I just started to see similar red flags from my other jobs where they told me like, don't wear this bomber jacket in front of the client or don't write like this. Like they, like, like, especially like the way I had to write emails, like I'm pretty decent at, English um <laughs> born here yes. yeah, you can communicate yeah but just like the way they would just be like no you have to write like this I'm like it isn't nine in the 1900s like no one really talks like that yeah, you like, can the way we talk yeah. emails, yes. like, you can communicate in a normal way in a normal way that. like it doesn't have to be kind regards yeah <laughs> yours kind, yeah <laughs> like who came up with that because no one talks don't even yeah. Hope no mind you wow <laughs> <laughs> I, what I literally I think we're starting oh. to I no mean, I do I yeah. like sometimes just you know I like someone texts me stuff and I'm like bet like, yeah 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 it's but, starting to yeah change. I, it's funny I am I actually just got an email before um before I was on the train and I none of the start of the sentences were in capitals <laughs> <laughs> that's like the complete that's going like the other way yeah. <laughs> and this is music industry so music industry you know that's it's it can be a little bit looser but that was that's like that's where we're going to now you don't need any capitals guys as so. long as you can understand it right totally. it's just totally. like it's a formality so um yeah yeah so yeah. that that um that yeah. pro- progression that you had did you so I kept seeing like red yeah. flags yeah. in the job and I started Mm. to feel burnt out really quickly. And usually with full-time work, you burn out after a while. So I was like, oh, I shouldn't be burning out. No campaigns have started. This is just like the beginning. And, you know, I got no training or no induction. Mm. And that's, I asked for that before I started, because I know from past jobs that in digital spaces where it's so fast paced and the industry is moving so fast, you Mm. need that extra support and things you make, you can make mistakes because things are moving so fast. So yeah. I kept making like little tiny mistakes and I'm like, I know it's my fault, but also I know it's not because I don't have the right support. And yeah. it was it was kind of like the push I needed to take my freelancing seriously 
not only as a like a marketer but also as a content creator because I've always had every day like this as something I do for fun it's always been for fun it still is for fun even though I do make income out of it but if I didn't have that experience I wouldn't have like entered into influencing um Mm -hmm. Actually, that's, I just want to touch on that because you just did that quote, the air quote I thing. just don't like that word. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you call, like, refer yourself? Not at all. Do yeah. I look like an influencer? When, when you say influencer, do I look, yeah. you know? No. So no, that's what I wanted to ask Yeah, you. so I feel it's even like, that, it's, like, boxed in. It's boxed in, yeah. And there's I a, think. There's a perception yeah. of what influencer means and, yeah, you don't, you don't fit that category. And I feel like I do more than that. Yes. I'm yeah. In. So I'm, like, yeah. I'm a content creator, if anything, because I do yeah. little bits of everything and, yeah. yeah cool I want to ask a little bit more about so for people that are listening in um what are your key indicators around burnout like I know what I've had it myself I experienced burnout um trying to to I guess juggle a lot of things I was coaching 15 software development teams at a wow. huge corporate I was also I had just released a single that went all over commercial radio and um, was playing in all the malls and things like that. So I would go through Melbourne Central, shout out Melbourne Central, and um, and hear my song playing. I was ducking in and out of meetings, and I was um, taking radio interviews on my lunch break. I was staying up to two or three in the morning trying to write back to magazines, and um, and I, it caught up with me. So for people listening that are creators who are also needing to make an income as well and feed themselves, trying to make that jump from, uh, you know, from a day job into freelancing full-time, like what, what are some of the signs of burnout that people should be looking for? Well, for me, like when I, I'm a very like yes person as well. So I, I, I still struggle with it sometimes. Um, I think scope, if you like, scope out your work ahead of time you can definitely stay ahead of those signs but I think just getting tired or like not sleeping properly or not eating like Mm. things like that Mm. and just feeling like you just keep running out of time for everything Mm. in life not just work like you're outside like the real stuff outside of work like your friends and your family and your partner just those types of like not having enough time for other things and just yeah, for me, I'm just always tired all the time when I am getting yeah. those burnout. I'd wake up and my voice would just be like really deep. And I'm like, now I know like when my voice just like changes, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to just like take a break for two days because I am going to get burnout and get sick if I don't pause. Yeah. And as a freelancer, I do have that luxury to do that. Um, yeah. How good is that luxury though? So like good. you can't. I mean, I nearly yeah. missed out on doing this. I know. Well, this is, this is <laughs> yesterday. We were, you know, we we're trying to get in contact with you, but you were having one of these, you know, little switch off days, which is actually really important. Yes. So, so good. I'm glad that we did get in touch with you. Though, no, so. Yeah. I woke up and I was like, no. Have <laughs> like, I missed it? <laughs> you know, you know, like if you, if you're so burnt down and you're tired and stuff and you, you take yourself to be, you're like, I'm just going to, and which I've done in the last few weeks, I like even getting, uh, caught up in in the the um, lockdown and I was just like even though you are not out and about rushing around you just get this like it's like your amygdala just starts to get taxed from all of the different like bad news and the ups and the downs of oh you're going back into lockdown you're not and then you start like eating just crap you kind of I don't know you're working away and your bedroom becomes your office and um, like I just feel like it's it can make like the sleeping and all that. Like for me, I had one day where I just, I just literally slept mm-hmm. all the way till probably seven too. at night. Yeah. yeah. And then you wake up and you're like, what the hang? And you kind of wake, you wake up and you think it's like six in the morning or something. And it's like the most well, confusing thing, but important. 
like I, during last lockdown, I think when they extended it, that really got to me. And yeah, yeah. I think that's a really in Melbourne that 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 lockdown the, that extension really really got to a lot of people. got to a lot of people. Yeah, it just because I feel like our bodies just go in survival mode because I think last year we realized what we have to go through when we have that lockdown and I, like my I felt like my body just shut down and yeah. it was like oh yeah. it's lockdown I'm gonna like just keep you in survivor mode like so I was like there but I wasn't there yeah. yeah I found this particular week so this is like the the second week after lockdown it's like a residual mm. effect like my brain just wasn't working this week Same. and like and I've also noticed that nearly all of my photo shoots that were booked in the last couple of weeks have cancelled so I think everyone's like oh they've they've postponed so they've pushed them back a little a little bit but it feels like that that brain fog that just trying to get over those lockdown periods go for longer even with clients more. like my freelance clients all the Melbourne ones everyone was foggy and everyone was apologizing and I'm like no I just think as a city we're just struggling and we're just struggling yeah space and yeah it's okay it's okay <laughs> we'll survive <laughs> yeah um yeah. let's talk a little bit about your advocacy which you do do in so many spaces but I kind of I guess I want to know what your attachment is to I guess particular issues and then I guess the flip side of that is like how you actually kind of tie that into your content creation because they kind of work a little bit hand in hand there's something not in terms of like a direct um connection but it's something about yourself and your brand Mm -hmm. that that's a really important thing to you to be really seen to be doing advocacy um I don't know I don't even like really think about it too I'm just just like you know women rights you know like we all deserve to be treated properly um but yeah that is the feedback I get from people and I think especially after during BLM, a lot of the feedback I was getting back from the Australian audiences was they didn't know about the black history of our country, mm. um, which I was like, what, what do you mean? Because my newsfeed, I follow like certain people. So I know all the news and I know about, you know, the debts and custody and like all that stuff that's happening. Um, so I made a really conscious decision, like as an ally, just to like, to amplify those pages and just to talk about those things more. And I did surveys on my stories to be like, are you getting stuff now? Do you know who to follow? Do you need more things? And I think, you know, that's just like my, like I do have a platform where my audience isn't, they just don't want to see just fashion posts. They like to yeah. be informed and they're like, you know, like we know, and they're very like honest with me as well. They're like, you know, we know we can go Google things, but we're lazy. And <laughs> we just like coming on your page because not only do you cool, like you post cool fashion things, but we also like can learn things from you. And I think yeah. that's like the new wave of, influencers or content creators is that um just being pretty on a photo isn't gonna cut it it anymore Um, and I think too like what you just said about um when we're in our little bubbles of those people that we're friends with where um or have grown up with you really are aware of those issues but so many people either don't Don't. have friends like that or just because we're not taught this in school no not at all I'm still learning there's things like I'm still learning about and I think you know being able to be in these like creative spaces where I do have work colleagues and friends from like all different backgrounds it does give me like a different um, view of the world and how what I consume as well like I'm not just in my little bubble either and I always try to just find new pages um to follow yeah so you just kind of across more things yeah and I do it because it's important and I think I wish I had a platform like that growing up. Like I wish there was someone 
putting issues either, you know, from my hometown or like, you know, Muslim countries that are going through things or just, you know, any marginalised communities really. Like I feel like the media only says one side of the story and then you go online, it's a completely different thing. And I think just to have those voices heard is important. 100%. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's also that thing of, you know, once people, you know, know, know you and trust your brand and who you are, you know, they jump on board with all the great things you're doing, but then also they say, wow, this, you know, this person's really educating the community around us. Um, it just, it just becomes so much more meaningful and powerful when you have those other things to draw from that you, you know, you're using your talents and your gifts to, to actually educate and reach um, people. And I think there's, there's a lot of hunger for that. And a lot of people are like, where, you know, where do people go? Who do you listen to? There's mm, like you said, mm-hmm. there's a lot of influences out there. And, you know, the influences that are kind of doing this stuff like yourself, where you're, you're not only adding value in their lives in, you know, the fashion world and, and all of that great stuff that you do, but you're actually providing them with some education, which is super important. Yeah, I became yeah. a TikTok, um, online teacher yeah lockdown um certified I want to talk a little bit about that um actually TikTok specifically but it probably spills over to Instagram but when you are using your platform to educate let's use an issue like um either the BLM protest or potentially survival day or you'll post something about that and you've attracted a lot of trolls Mm -hmm. (laughs) how how do you deal with that mentally because there's you know there's obviously the frustration with you know what people are saying that you know is untrue but then there's also like they're attacking you as well so there's like the the mental toll of that Mm. I think if you have time to go online to troll people you don't know you need to get a better hobby (laughs) and one yeah one (laughs) um and I think because I do have a marketing background I'm very used to working in crisis management so I've dealt with bullies that have spoken about either like POC or like certain really like things that like do directly attack me but because I'm the brand I kind of have to switch it off so I think I'm just used to being corporate about those kind of things and yeah with TikTok it's been really interesting I joined it as a joke um but my posts about important issues are the ones that go viral and that's because there's just a whole bunch of racist people on there coming after me I think my biggest post like 3,000 comments about, it was about mm. BLM in Australia and mm. in the US. And just the things I was saying was so horrific. Like I wouldn't want anyone to go through that. Um, yeah, and, you know, you can engage with it, but it will take a mental toll on you. And I'm like, I know it's not personal. They're just not educated. And I'm not going to argue with ignorant people. I ignore them. Um yeah, so you are really good at this because um, when, so Soph was actually doing my TikTok for a little while because she's an absolute genius and she was teaching me how to use this platform. But um, there was a point where you asked if I wanted to use my platform in that particular way. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. I was like, in this particular thing, no, because I'm not mentally strong enough to deal yeah. with that. I know how sensitive I am. And a lot of people don't know this about me. So it's like usually surprising for them to hear, but I know that I'm not actually cut out for that. And that's okay. Not everyone has to, yeah. even for me, I like, I like recharge. Yeah. Like I have to take some days to be yeah. like, okay, I gotta go for fight the racist online today. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it does oh. show that either, you know, your experience, like you said, in a um a larger scale like in from a brand perspective so you were able to detach versus 
the personal yeah. thing. It's not. It's not because I know they're not like, attacking me because they don't know me. Yeah. So, yeah. So what? What is some like some? I guess you know for for young kind of people who are like I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure like that. You know that they are learning as they go with you know how to cope with those sorts of things. But with you, you know, with your skills and um your background and and you know your experience, how what would you what would you um, give to, you know, like young teenagers and things like that who are experiencing the trolling and the online bullying and things like that? Like, what are some of the things that you would tell them to do in, in order to be able to move forward from that sort of awful stuff that happens? So on Instagram, if I'm just not mentally in a space where I want to deal with even interacting, like having positive com- um, conversations through story replies, I would just turn my replies off. Um, and that just yeah. takes a whole bunch of people DMing me um, mm. or I'll turn my comments off. Like just because I don't post those things for traction. Yeah, I don't need to show stats to a brand about an important issue. So like for me, it doesn't bother me to turn off those settings. And I think TikTok has introduced, um, I think it, they introduced it recently where you can kind of monitor um, like explicit language or commentary. So you can delete them or hide them straight away so it's good that they're conscious about it as well because that wasn't the case and yeah like even um like especially getting 3,000 comments I'm like how do you even go through something like that even if I was to deal how would you go through that I think your comment before actually has really struck me where you just said I don't take it personally because they don't know me I think there's actually something really important in that it's like to like, how do you want to fight me? Look at me. Yeah, yeah. Does it look like I can <laughs> and fight? So and, and the people that you care about or, or whose opinion you care about, they know you. They know. And if yeah. they have a problem with anything. And it's all about intention. You. Yeah. I'm not posting about these things to fight. I'm coming from a good place. Like I'm like. You're trying just, to educate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But that's it, it does say so much for the, the trolls out there that if people actually have like take the time like you said then get a new get a new freaking hobby like yeah I'm like how, I'm like I there. wish I had time like that to do like stuff like that like I'm like wow <laughs> give me that time <laughs> I just to sleep but you know whatever no, desperate <laughs> though it's just like what am I doing this to like keyboard warriors sitting there but it's really cool their- like on TikTok um when I've jumped on just to like monitor there's people that are like fighting for me so yeah, yeah. Say, like those conversations are happening and I'm like, you know, like that's the intention just to be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, and sometimes you do get to change people's minds. And I think that's one of the best things that come mm-hmm. of talking about those things. That is, yeah. it's, it's kind of rare, but it's great when that happens. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking very, yeah, very yeah. rare. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Even on Twitter, those little, those little uh, moments yeah. where you, you know, you see a conversation that has, or even just people saying, Hey, I don't, necessarily agree but I see your perspective and I think there's actually Mm. something really important in that as well is just like seeing that there's different perspectives everybody's lived experience is a little bit different we're not coming from the same place like I just wish there was a little bit more of that kind of understanding like not the whole like agree to disagree but I can see your perspective but I and I still disagree and that's okay yeah disagree Mm. that's 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 and I feel like the platforms also have a responsibility because I think I get banned for so many things and then there's like, you know, I mean, like girls can dress how they want, but like that type of content gets approved, but then it's me yeah. getting dressed online. Like, yeah, gets that's, blocked, like, yeah, yeah, that won't get blocked. Yeah. Forever. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. How's that fair? <laughs> and even, yeah, like- I mean, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense how that's that I've had some like pretty rotten sort of 
things sent to me on um, on Instagram and you try and like report it or whatever and they're like this doesn't bre- breach community mm-hmm. guidelines and you're like what I, d- I don't want someone sending me a dick or like I just don't want to see anything in, yeah like yeah. It, but they won't take it down and and but but you then, know they can you know, censor it because you know there's a certain issue that's happening yeah well that everyone's been talking about mm-hmm. and all the creators that did post about it we all got shadow banned yeah because um, yeah. everyone was posting their stats and so it's not like they can't do it because you shadow banned like the world talking about it yeah so it's possible yeah Yeah. absolutely like I was getting 100 views when I was posting those stories like it was affecting a lot of stuff but I was like I don't care yeah you're still gonna try and get and the brands I work with as well they're very obviously they know I talk about these important issues and when there's been times where I have to do like a post and I'm like hey like my news feeds like this. I can't talk about this. Mm. No one's going to care about a brand post. Can I push it back? Even though I'm under contract. Um, so I'm very lucky mm. to work with brands who kind of understand the way I work as well. Because I think that wouldn't have happened in the past or I wouldn't have felt comfortable yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Um, well, we've gone from, you know, quite deep topics now. Let's do, let's have like a bit more of a lighthearted topic. Well, it's kind of like the, the subject of... Um, maybe difficult clients and uh this is I know there's a story that I was involved in yeah so, so. Michelle's like my manager when I am <laughs> just like help crisis manager yes like you had let's let's tell the story because it's pretty funny you had cc'd me on an email to pretend that I was your manager yes because okay so I don't know if you saw like during BLM like a whole bunch of brands were like oh my god we're racist because we don't have you know different kinds of people and I just thought that whole, like, first of all, that whole movement was funny because I think just because you don't have different kinds of people on your campaigns doesn't mean you're racist. Yes. You know, it could just mean that's your target mm. market. Um, mm. And, you know, it's like good and bad because it makes people conscious. And there was like a small mm. brand owned by two white women and they wanted to be diverse. And I was like, you know what? It's a friend of a friend. They want to change. Yeah, they're cool. trying to make an effort. Let so that's a good out. thing. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah. like, so I did the shoot, whatever. I was amazing. And usually like with me, I I have to like ask like really like awkward questions. Like, hey, does a photographer know how to edit brown skin? Because some don't in the past and they just make me look washed out. And it's something that I am very conscious about asking like all my friends that do photography I know they're amazing I don't even have to ask but for new people if I don't see any diversity on their page I'm like hey like just and it's actually a thing too no I know it's a thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. um as a photographer I know that too because I know it's a skill that you actually have to to learn you have have to to edit differently yeah Yeah, totally so things like that and um when even before I work for any brand as talent or content creator I will stalk their page just to be like do your values align with my values just because I don't want to get dragged for something if you're problematic because I do talk about important issues so it just look hypocritical for me to be attached to anything um so I stalked one of the pages and I didn't stalk the other page because it was like a collab we did the shoot it was amazing and then a couple days later my other friend that was in the shoot was like hey um they actually use headpieces from indigenous peoples in their collection and they sell them and I was like oh there is no way my photos are going to get used for this brand (laughs) um 
and I started to panic and I messaged Michelle and I was like oh my god I don't want my like my face on this brand and why didn't they tell me they were they do this because I'm pretty transparent on my page about how I am and I sent you know there was like emails going back and forth and I you know I put in the emotional labor to be like hey this is why this is wrong I advocate mm. against this stuff like you shouldn't be stealing off indigenous tribes as you know white privileged designers and not even giving anything back to those communities like they're dying in real life like they probably don't care that you're stealing their culture because they're just dealing with real world problems but you're just picking and choosing things and selling them for your brand mm. and to then look try- pretty yeah to look pretty and then mm. trying to exploit me yeah. to profit and I was just like I felt so defeated um yeah it was a lot and then it was a lot of back and forth and it was just like horrible. And then one of the emails, which I CC'd Michelle in. Yes, as um, your manager. As my manager. <laughs> they were, they emailed each other and they were like, you know what? Just pay her. She's a bitch anyway. And I was like, <laughs> what? The caucasity. <sighs> So they obviously oh. didn't realise, like they were obviously talking amongst themselves and but had oh. CC'd us in the email. It's like, why aren't you texting each other? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh. gosh. Like, what did just, you do? I paused. Um, I didn't react. And I was like, you know what? It's a Friday email. Maybe they'll take accountability for it on Monday because I'm all about accountability because we're humans and we make mistakes, right? Came to Monday. They replied about other stuff. And no, they ignored yeah. it. And then, and then I called them out on it and I was like, hey, um, do your derogatory language to address me as a bitch. I will not be talking to you. And then they still didn't apologize for it. They're like, oh, anyway, so he's like the contract to like shut you up. And I'm like, oh. Oh, my gosh. And so at I that mean, point that- we, we just decided it was just like you're walking away. There was no Yeah, like they contacts. weren't even like paying me my no. correct rate and like yeah. it was just like too messy. Yeah, and my friend ended up paying me. So my friend who, the friend of a friend that like, got me the gig she's like you know what I'm just gonna pay you because like I'm so sorry that these people are so like yeah it was one of those situations where you just decide to cut your losses like cut yeah I'm like I tried we tried we tried we tried and it's okay for it not to work out and my friends are all ready because usually sometimes with pages like that we will call them out online Mm. if we can't deal with it privately um but I was like you have no followers and no engagement if I give all my friends who have huge like followers your account yeah you're probably gonna get more engagement I'm like you're not even (laughs) bragging I'm like bye like and they ended up deleting all the all the problematic pictures they ended up deleting it so I'm like you don't want to address it but you want to delete all this stuff maybe they did actually like I mean I like to think think positively in that regard maybe they did actually like reflect and were like okay maybe we'd need to yeah. Even though in the moment. I'm just thankful they like didn't use the images because that was like the thing I was just like, I don't yeah, want to be stressed that. about that. Yeah. You don't want to be. And that's where it's, you've got to be so careful about, and like all, all three of us were discussing earlier on, it's like, um, you know, careful about who you're, who you are working with and, Definitely. and, you know, understanding people's moral compasses and, um, you know, just being able to, I just like sometimes, you know, as a freelancer or, you know, a business owner, the money's not worth it. And, mm. you know, the, the stress and the hassle or like I've. I mean, safe even... spaces. Yes. Yeah. Yes. People that value you that as value, well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yes. Important. 
exactly exactly oh man yeah i was like i just want to come on set and like shoot my thing like i don't want to do a b and c and like tell you how to do this and da 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 like i don't and i don't have that luxury sometimes um Mm. and i think in a way because i do talk about important issues i was like you know what like i'm trained for this like this is like all the stuff i talk about this is hard but thank god it happened to me and didn't happen to someone that was actually indigenous because that would have been triggering for them yeah uh, you're so, able to be you're able to be that a little bit removed from it so yeah it wasn't quite as offensive I guess yeah yes mm-hmm. well dealing with difficult clients 101 sometimes it's just better to kind of you know cut your losses and walk away yeah I think like definitely get those contracts done yes. like that's like the best advice like get those contracts done right and like yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've literally been um, in situations before where I've gone and, and worked with just, you know, consulted for people and stuff. And it's just, I've literally had it been walked off site before because that they're like, no, nah, no, nah, like literally like in a really, just a really bizarre things. I'm not going to go into it, but just stuff where you're like, oh, wow. But I think if you keep your dignity and you are, you know, kind of, just hold yourself with with your moral compass of like, just don't be a dick. Like, and you know it's, that it's actually fine. come, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like That's it's actually cool. come back yeah. to bite them in the ass anyway. So I really didn't have to do too much other than just um, stay true to my values and and you know remain like dignified and be just yeah be kind to people and don't be a dick and and yeah they get their comeuppances but it, yeah. it is a hard lesson to learn for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about Mm. last year and I guess the work that you're doing and how dramatically it changed, I guess, in the situation with Mm. COVID and lockdown. How tricky was it for you to, I guess, maintain those relationships and be content creating in a lockdown and stay, yeah, to stay creative? Like how how difficult was that? Because I know you had to get very, like, very creative in what you were able to do in the spaces. I mean, I wish I had a box like this. Yeah, this would be amazing <laughs> if you lived in here. Um, so during lockdown, I am a digital marketer first and content creator second. Um, I also do styling on the side as well, but I lost all my digital clients because, you know, a lot of them are small businesses and obviously they couldn't run and they couldn't afford me to do marketing for something that wasn't running. So I was like, okay, like, what do I do? <laughs> um, and then I joined TikTok as a joke because um, as a marketer, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to join it as like market research. And I think honestly, like that kept me creative because I've never done video like that before where it's like really easy to edit. Um, and once I got my head around it, it, I found the same things I would talk about on my Instagram. I'll just translate those content pillars like fashion and like hip hop and culture. And I would just find trending sounds that tied into that market and just make cool little videos and I genuinely just like enjoyed doing them and I made like my bedroom into my studio and like moved all this stuff around so I could you know have a white wall and like do yeah, little photo shoots do and, little cute little photo yeah. shoots um and then people were still sending you stuff to shoot and yeah it was almost time. like every when everyone came out of lockdown they're like yes I feel so refreshed and rested and like me and all my creative friends are like I'm so tired because we've just been shooting nonstop. and like especially during um you know when we had you know the one hour exercise time and the curfews I think oh yeah no fresh air essentially yeah um we were like okay yeah. cool so we're just gonna go for our one hour walk and then sneak in a photo so, shoot. yeah let's meet at the park for yeah let's meet shoot. and then you know with the 5 km rule as well I was very lucky that I had one of my creative friends Jasmine um shout who, out Jazzy 
Jazzy Fizzle. Um, she intersected in my 5km. So we were just like, okay, so we're going to go for walks here. And let's just try to find some like content creation stuff that we can do with the limited, oh you know, God. resources we have. And You're so lucky. Yeah. My 5k radius was essentially 2.5k, but was it was the water. So, but you're also, um, <laughs> who are you married to? You ha- I know. You, so have that, you have that advantage. True, I do have. An <laughs> Shout out to Jarvis as well. Shout out Jarvis, amazing husband. You're right, you're right. He was my muse yes. last year. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a photo of his that appeared on the Nikon um, Instagram recently and he had he saw it and he was like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> like yes honey but now part of the Nikon Instagram which is very hilarious but um just going on from your kind of uh I guess TikTok and one of the things that we've collaborated on is um bringing your kind of cultural or culture and cultural dress uh combining it with fashion and making that kind of part of your brand when did that like when did you get the idea to do that and how because that's now kind of such a big part of yeah. What your identity is. I mean, I like, you, like Michelle was the first person to shoot me in my first cultural shoot, I think 2015, 16. Yeah, I think. And I think it was like the first yeah. time on, like, I'd see online, like overseas, girls kind of mixing the two cultures together. And usually, you know, um, I'm from Bangladesh and, you know, it's a lot of like South Asian jewelry. And I'm like, why should we just wear it to weddings and stuff? Like, why can't we just wear it like every day? Like, so why can't it be every day like this? Yeah. You know, like, I. Yeah. And I'd see people like mix it in with their normal wear. And I'm like, I want to start doing that. It kind of looks cool. And I was like, hey, Michelle, like, do you want to <laughs> shoot me for this thing? And now it's like a yearly tradition where yeah, we, we do it every year. And every year we kind of like both challenge ourselves. But like, how can we make it needs to elevate every year? I already got this year's idea. Have you? Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm ready. I'm um, ready. But yeah, I think I think there was a movement when um, Azealia Banks went on Twitter and she was, she called someone I think it was like Zane from like One Direction. It was like they were fighting because she fights with everyone on Twitter, right? And she called him a, a curry-scented yes, bitch. Yes, I remember that. And it was like every South Asian create, like every South Asian on the internet, we like all came together and were like, yeah, <laughs> and what? We are one. And and it was like the first time I've seen because community-wise, it's a lot of judging um, in my communities. Like, you, like everyone just bitches about each other. No one supports each other. But that's kind of slowly changed as well as, as the online presence has um, changed. Yeah. And that's, um, I love that part of your TikTok too, where you do, it's like, you know, you, you're like Sophia in your everyday clothes and then you do like a little, it's like a little transition and then ta-da, looking amazing. Yeah. And I think like when I do my normal trend, I've tried to do normal transitions where it's like, I'm wearing like PJs and they go into just, you know, Western attire and the transitions just look trash to me. (laughs) Because I look, I look the same because I don't wear that much makeup, like even like the face and stuff. Yeah, so I'm like, I need to. Glamorous. Yeah, so I'm like, I need to add the culture stuff into it. Yeah, yeah. but I think that I d- the collaboration's definitely where it's mixing the cultural and the street fashion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like what I'm wearing now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you've got those, these for those so who can't see. What do you? If that, do these have a name? So the, no. So these are two different brands. Like this is from Sydney, and it's just a South Asian brand, but she makes like pants and jackets pants. and stuff and she went to New York Fashion Week yes yeah. but it looks like a like kind of very traditional, traditional. yeah um, it's like if for those who you can't obviously see it's, it's kind it's of like, like sari material sari material it's yeah. like or- bright orange with um gold threading and, and purple and pink um just detail like flower details and then you're wearing a white t-shirt and sneakers and it just looks so cool mm. <laughs> like it's just like, and even my so t-shirt cool. it's got like um 
the word queen written in Bengali. Oh. And it's from like a brand in London because there's heaps of South Asians in London and they're like, hey, there's, there's this girl in Australia that's a Bengali. That's what? What is that? Yes. <laughs> Can and we, I want to hear more about your um uh, your Bengali, uh, be, the Vogue. Yes. Being the, yes. the oh, yes. Bengali Good. model. I was just about to ah. ask that. That's so great, Tam. Yeah. Yes. I'm so keen to hear about this. Tell us all about it. Um, so that actually started on TikTok. So there was a Vogue challenge because, you know, the same thing with diversity. There was like the issue of like not seeing people like us being reflected into media. So there was a Travis Scott sound that you would use and you'd put yourself on the Vogue cover with the with the Vogue. Um, the lettering. The lettering, the yeah, with yeah. the logo. And I did it on TikTok and then I did a photo version on Instagram and I kind of didn't even, there was a chance where like I wasn't even going to post it because it was still during BLM and I was like, I don't really want to post about myself right now. Like it just doesn't feel mm-hmm. right. Um, but a lot of people were doing it and it was just like great to see like all these like creative covers to come out. And, and the- it's even though it's like, yeah, it was in the middle of BLM. This is a, like, this is a similar issue in terms of like diversity inclusion. Yeah. And we were mm. seeing more black and brown creators being pushed forward at that forward, time. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was completely out of. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I knew it was important. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, then Vogue emailed me. <laughs> oh How does that feel when you get an email from Vogue? Like, did you think it was I know. true? Like, I thought it was fake. Yeah, 100%. And I was like, no, I me and Vogue, what? <laughs> like, look at me, what? Did and you get like, it at like five o'clock in, at night because you'd been sleeping all day? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I'm like, am I, am I dreaming? Um, <laughs> we're like, oh, sorry, we found someone else. And you're like, damn it, I slept through that. <laughs> that one day that I took off, it was <laughs> No, when I got published in Vogue India, it was in my junk mail and I nearly missed it. <gasps> oh, my God. That happened a couple of months ago. Oh, like, oh no. <laughs> oh, but- pick your spam. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, always check your spam. Yes. So but, what happened when you got the email? Did you just like what what was like the subject line and stuff? Like how did you was it just like like a, it was a Vogue feature? And they were oh like, hey, God. like we saw like your Instagram page and your post and the photo of you with your vitiligo showing. And we have I think seven other creatives that are being featured in the Vogue challenge in our August issue. And we were just wondering oh if you would be interested to be in it. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> Let me, Let me just think about it. Um, That's and it still, it, it still kind of doesn't feel real because I'm mm. like, I would never thought like me starting every day like this like 10 years ago that something like that would ever even be possible. Yeah, um, that's so cool. Wow. But, yeah, I think like the most surprising thing is just seeing not only like people in Australia being excited for it but especially like all the Bengali communities in the diaspora just Mm -hmm. it was like a win for everybody because I think for us you're not allowed to be creative because just culturally it's not acceptable so the fact that someone like me can be in a space like that I think it was very important for girls coming up to see that you know you can actually do this thing is that because um, emphasis is put on other things? Like yeah, like you have to be a, a doctor. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forget career stuff. Mm. Yeah, being a wife. wife. Like get your degree mm. and then be a wife. Like that's, a wife. that's yeah. and like I think oh. I was like, no, like that's not for me. And I've really had to like rebel my way through my career as well just to prove to my parents more than anything, I don't really care about the community and what they say because I'm like, they don't know me either. But just to my parents to be like, hey, no, look, I can actually make a living from this or like this is actually important. Yeah. And I think 
when my parents have seen me do like big campaigns and things, they're like, okay, no, like I think she knows what she's, she's doing. Just, We're yeah. just gonna step. <laughs> yes. They so, just relax oh, a little wow. Yeah. And now they're just like, oh, you're in Vogue again? Okay, whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> they're like, wait, aren't you actually on the cover yet? Like, it's, <laughs> like it's always, why aren't you on the cover? That's like something my parents would say. You're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool, but now when's the cover? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're like, sneak down. It'll come. God. We're manifesting it. We're manifesting it. We are manifesting, yeah. Um, yes. What do you What do you think the um, I guess from this global reset? What do you think um, are the positives that are coming? It's, it does feel like a very heavy and, and dark time, but there are things happening. Like all of this change. Do you feel like there's going to be this big creative explosion? When we I mean, all... I feel like it's already happening. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, like, especially like you as well. Like yeah. I think. Um, well, like the post I did about you, I was just like, oh, I nearly cried. Oh, I wrote more. I wrote like a whole paragraph just on you. And I'm like, I'll save that for another day. I think like for me coming up in this industry as well, like it was very important for me to have like a mentor and like just creatives in like the next generation above me to look out for me, because I think it's like scary. Yeah. And to see that it's possible, I guess. Yeah. Too. To see that it's possible. And like, you know, like. I've always like admired you. Like you should have your own podcast where like people just fangirl over just, you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could make this one yeah. into that. It could be, um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, just being in the spaces you're in and the things that you've had to deal with growing up. Like you're very sweet. Um, inspiring. Oh, and it makes you. me feel like I can do it. And yeah, and I like and like the way you look out for me as well in my career, like I try to pay that forward to the creators coming on up under me as well because yes. I'm seeing the stuff they're going through and I'm just like nope yeah 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 yeah. I've seen you do yeah. that as well I think once- and that's important because I think you can't just be gatekeepers in the yeah. spaces that you're in and I think yeah. especially working in the spaces where we have so much knowledge that you can't google yeah so it's like how do we pay that forward so like we don't want people after us go through like certain things that we went through we just want to make it better so it's like how do we do that with yeah. the power and the positions we're in yeah. And now you've been exactly. in the industry for a while. It's like you do you do start to take on that responsibility. Like you mm-hmm. do step in. Yeah. And I've seen you do that with people like Jazzy and other, you know, friends of yours where you're now stepping into that mentor role and helping them mm. out, even though you guys are collaborating so much and there's obviously that really mutual respect there. Like you can look out for them as well, which is so cool. Yeah. And it's really like yeah. I had a friend messaged me the other day and she's never done content creation, but she does like amazing advocacy work and she got hit up for a brand thing and she just DM'd me being like, hey, so if I got this thing, I don't know how to do it. Da, 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 da. And the fact that in my circles that people even find it safe to tell me these like mm. collabs yeah. that are happening because like if you tell the wrong person, they can like overstep you or like take that from you. Da, da, da. So I'm like, mm. I'm just honored that people even find it safe to like have those conversations. With There's me. a trust element there. Yeah. 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 So important. So important. Yeah, wow. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you, like, yeah, so I guess, I mean, ha- have you thought about doing, like, your, I guess, your mentoring, your sharing, like, and your community, like, how do you reach your, how do you reach these people that you're starting to mentor? Is it just kind of, obviously, they're following you on Instagram and things like that, but do you offer any other kind of, yeah, support sort of? People have been asking me, oh, like, you should just mm. start consulting mm. about this stuff because, content creation is still pretty new and I'm still learning different things like you can have rate cards but every time a brand hit me up it's like a completely different brief and I'm like oh well how do I price it Mm. so like I'm even learning so Mm. I try to um just like give the knowledge that I do have and I'm I'm very lucky like I have an agency um a digital agency that I can like contact 
and mm, lady, wow. yeah the lady behind it is amazing and I was like hey like I'm happy to pay you because I just like I don't, I don't even know like how to google this thing and she's like no no I don't want you to take advantage of especially as like a POC like I just know how they are so you can ask me anything you that's want. so good um that's awesome. that knowledge. it's yeah. really important yeah it's really important yeah so important and that's kind of why we started you're killing it podcast because we want to be able to share all the valuable things that you're doing in your career you know what Michelle's doing in hers and um just to be able to you know reach people and share the stuff that we ha- we've learned along the way that we we, we wish we'd known when we started yeah, out yeah so. specifically for creatives and freelancers like there's nothing yeah. like this nothing. out there there's you no kind of just like no. bring it when we when we mm. decided about like what are we going to talk about we both came to this conclusion because we're like this is the stuff we want to hear about and we talk about it like amongst yeah. each other but yeah. there's no platform there's no podcast talking about this so this is yeah here it is yeah um but this feels like actually a really good place to finish what do you reckon Tam we've uh, been going just an hour it feels pretty lovely Uh, yeah I have just thoroughly enjoyed listening to you and um and having you on with us it's just been it's been awesome to um yeah you're a killer yeah and you're killing it (laughs) you are killing it it's so cool so yeah thank you very much for joining us and um thanks to Melbourne Central as well for having shout out to Melbourne Central and massive um, shout out hopefully we'll talk Mm. them into just you know just keeping this booth permanent and we'll just (laughs) I'm totally (laughs) flying over for that next time I'm you have to I have to it feels like it's meant to be here and and i'm like matching with the decor i know yeah we just should move (laughs) in it's just a permanent thing ah I feel Sarah, like that, that wizard of Oz we're gonna, we're gonna look thumbs up. We're gonna look. Maybe it's gonna happen. Sarah, we're coming. We're coming for you. I feel like I'm like the Wizard of Oz person behind the curtain. Like, I'm like <laughs> where is that voice coming from? That we really strong Kiwi accent. So it's like you're actually in the room. So it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, good. thank you so much to Melbourne Central. Thank you, Soph. Thank you, you for are having amazing. Me. So you are a legend. Our very very yeah. first guest. So it's honoured. You know, as the archives grow, you'll always be our first. Uh, but thank you so much and I guess we'll see everybody in the next episode one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.